This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Selke, from the locker room to the boardroom. Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drive results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll be a better person and a better leader, coach, athlete, parent, or spouse because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking, where we are in season five entitled Mindset for Execution. And I am all sorts of excited today because it is April 29th. And guess what that means? That means so many things. That means it's my wedding anniversary to the most amazing man in the world, Mr. Aaron James Selking. Happy anniversary, darling. I love you so much. And it's been amazing. Two years. We're on year two. We're still in marital bliss. Um, But our challenge to each other is to still be in marital bliss 20 years from now and 40 years from now and hopefully 60 years from now. Um, We watched a cool uh, church service by Andy Stanley a couple weeks ago, and he talked about like defining the win, right? What is the win in the most important things in our lives? Because a lot of times we have the win in our businesses or in our sports, but what's the win in the most important things in our lives? And that is a lot of our relationships. So your marriage, the, the relationship with your children, like what does it look like to win and those things? And so, So Aaron and I have talked a little bit about what does it mean to win in our marriage. And so, you know, one of those is that we are still elated and infatuated with each other. 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. And that takes intentionality, right? That that takes, you know, finding fresh ways to think about life and each other and adventures to go on. And so uh, happy anniversary. I love you. I know it's only year two, but I can't wait for year two times 40. So however long we're going to live, we're going to be married. That's the plan, guys. (laughs) Anyways, so April 29th. April 29th also means that this is our final day for sign up for the performance coaching series. So the virtual performance coaching program that myself and Dr. Terry Linhart and Todd Manners. So those both of those guys are performance coaches here at the Selking Performance Group. And we are going on a five-month journey with a small group of select individuals across the country who are interested in joining us on this virtual performance coaching journey um, where we'll have some group coaching sessions. You'll have one-on-one coaching sessions and then a live event here in South Bend this fall. So again, five months that we'll get to spend together learning, growing, diving into personal growth, professional growth, and really just jumpstarting your mind and your intentionality with your relationships and with your work. So if you're interested in this, please reach out and let me know. Hit me up directly, amber at selkingperformance.com. And we can share more information about the program and hopefully get you signed up so we can get rolling here in the next couple of weeks. We've got an awesome group of individuals lined up already that I know are just going to add value to each other and to, to learn and grow through this as well. April 29th, actually throwback, April 29th is also the day I got rewater baptized in one of the lakes at the University of Notre Dame. So I was baptized when I was, you know, a younger. Um, and then you go through life, you know, you just which is, ugh, I, I say, ugh, like, 
I love life. So, you know, if you listen to this, you know that I love life and I think it's the best thing ever. But man, life throws you some curves and you make some choices that aren't always awesome. And I went through that season of life as well and and have multiple times, right? But one in particular um, that I really hit the reset button on my life. And so like we're encouraging people to join this virtual performance coaching program so that we can have people, our performance coaches come alongside of you. You know, whether that reset is because you've been going down the wrong road, or maybe it's a reset just because you're in sort of the same mode that you've been in for the last 10 years. Well, I was in one of those not so great places in life, and I really hit the reset in my own world and had an awesome mentor. This is when I was living in Detroit um, who helped walk me through that season. And so on the back end of that, um, I decided to get rewater baptized and, and just really recommit to, to my identity and who I was and who I felt called to be in this world. And there's, again, no place better to do that than Notre Dame. So we did it at dawn on April 29th. But listen, dawn, April 29th in South Bend means that that water was chilly. Um, But that was several, several years ago and just an amazing memory in my own world on what this day means to me. And then what does this day mean to all of you? Um, Well, here shortly, we are going to introduce our guest for today, Mr. Joe Theismann. And so I am so excited to dive in with this guy. Um, and really just pick his brain about what a mindset for execution is all about. If you're not familiar, uh, Joe Theismann was a quarterback here at the University of Notre Dame and then went on to play in the NFL for 12 seasons with the Washington Washington Redskins, which is a really long time. He took him to su- two Super Bowls, winning one of those. Um, but he's also just had a, a ton of awards and highlights. I mean, he's a Super Bowl champion. He was the NFL Most Valuable Player. He was on the Pro Bowl two times. He was a first-team All-Pro Bowl um, offensive player of the year, Burt Bell Award, two-time, he played in the uh, Canadian Football League as well, and he was a two-time All-Star there. He was the NFL Man of the Year. He actually made the list of the 70 greatest Redskins of all time, and he's in the Redskins Ring of Fame. So, you know, from his professional career to the amazing career that he had when he was here at Notre Dame and all the records that he set, um, just an amazing human being, and and not because of all the records, right? I've had the fortune uh, to intersect with Joe over the last two years that I've been working with Notre Dame football because you know what he does? He comes back. He comes back and he's on the sideline and, and he wants to pour into these guys' lives, you know, and encourage them and challenge them and give them different perspectives, not just as it relates to their performance on the field, but their performance off the field and who they're growing into as men. And so his heart and his passion to serve and to give back and just, man, you can just see the fire in his eyes, this desire for excellence. I, if you've never had the chance to meet him, I hope you do someday because he's just fascinating and, and yet he's full of life and energy and joy. And so I'm just excited to dive in and sparse through the the mind of this man. And that's what April 29th means for us here together today, that we get to to learn from Joe Theismann and dive into what a mindset for execution means and looks like for a guy like this, who is, again, great college football player, great professional football player, and has gone on, you know, to to be in the analyst world and the speaker role that he does, and he, he speaks all over the country. So, you know, diving in to hear from him about him and through him on how we can all continue to show up with that mindset for execution. So again, April 29th, here we all are together. So many good things. I want to challenge you to maybe reflect on your own world. What what greatness has happened on April 29th, 429 in your world? And and if nothing. Like, make today that day. Like, make today a memory. To, to be remarkable 
you know, it's got to be worth making a remark about. So make April 29th remarkable in your own way. Build your own memory around this incredible day. Um, It's also important to me because 29 was my college soccer number and it's just pretty awesome. And as athletes, you know, we're all crazy about our numbers. So uh, make make 429 the best day yet. And um, if for nothing more to dive into some self-reflection on who you are, where you are, and who you want to become, because that's really what it takes to build a mindset for execution. All right. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let me formally introduce you to the man, the myth, and the legend, Mr. Joe Theismann. Joe, thank you so much for being here with us today. You're welcome. I don't know about the myth and the legend, but I am the man. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Before we go too much further, I just want to dispel. So your name was originally pronounced Theismann, is that correct? And then changed to Theismann during the Heisman quest. Tell us how that unfolded. Well, uh, that, that actually is a true story. Growing up in New Jersey, South River, New Jersey, which is right in Middlesex County, I was always Joey Thiesman. And then um, beginning of my senior year at the University of Notre Dame, I had a really good junior year. Roger Valdeseri, our sports information director, called me in the office. He said, Joe, how do you pronounce your last name? I said, it's Thiesman. He, he proceeded to say, no, it's not. It's actually Thiesman. I said, no, Roger, it's Thiesman. He said, no, Joe, it's Thiesman. I said, give me the phone. So I picked up the phone. I called my dad back home in New Jersey, and I dialed my dad on the phone. I said, Dad, I got a question for you. He says, fire away, Joe. I said, Dad, tell me, how do you pronounce our last name? And there's this pause on the phone. And then he comes on. He says, are you all right, son? I mean, you're a senior in college. You don't know how to pronounce your last name. I said, I'm fine. Just tell me how it is. I'll explain it later. And so he explained to me it was Thiesman. Hung the phone up, turned to Roger, and I said, Roger, look, my last name is Thiesman. I know I just got the phone from my dad. He said, Joe, I want to tell you something. There's a trophy out there called the Heisman Trophy. It was the best college football player in the country. We think you have a chance to win that trophy. But we're not just going to count on the reputation of the University of Notre Dame, nor your athletic skills. We think just by simply changing the pronunciation of your last name from Thiesman to Thiesman to rhyme with Heisman, we believe that can help you get the trophy. And that's how I wound up becoming Joe Thiesman basically 50 years ago. And it's that- somewhat been a, it's been my name and a brand for that period of time. That's how it was changed. It was, And Roger had heard, interestingly enough, Roger had heard, I guess maybe a Chicago writer, uh, spring of our junior year, sort of standing on the sidelines, and he was always listening and bringing things in. He heard some guy turn to a friend and say, hey, is that that Theisman-like and Heisman kid? And it stuck with him. And then, you know, I had a really good season, and Roger said, here's the, here's the scenario. And and oddly enough, I did. I called my grandmother, who was the matriarch of our family back in New Jersey, and I said, Graham, look, they want to change the pronunciation of our last name from Thiesman to Thiesman. She says, now I tell you this. She says, the correct pronunciation is Thiesman, and that's actually closer than what we have now. So she was fine with it. So I got the <laughs> blessing of my grandmother, and I wound up with a name change. Then you were good to go. Well, you know, it's funny. I know that we start this story as sort of a a little laugh around the name change and and a buzz to it. But, you know, in season five, we're really talking about mindset for execution, right? And what it takes and and to think right, to show up and and be your best and win. I mean, not at all costs, right, from an ethical standpoint, but being willing to make decisions, even as much as changing the pronunciation of your name, um, to, to position yourself for a higher probability of success. Give us your perspective on what a mindset for execution really is all about. 
Well, I, I think it's you know, attitude is another thing that, that I think can basically be assumed to be a similar type of a, an approach as a mindset. And there's one other thing I'd like to add to this, uh, which brings in doing something as you see it. You know, we're talking about a mindset, so we're really talking about the mental approach. Now, how are you going to approach something? What what are you going to going to do? What are you going to sacrifice? What are you going to put in the effort? Are you going to put in the effort mentally? You know, physically, you do, but mentally, are you going to put it in? Uh, back in 1972, I broke in my leg in the Canadian Football League. I spent my first three years in professional football in the Canadian Football League. I had my leg in a cast. I was watching NFL football, and I wasn't happy with my signature. It, it looked awfully ragged and edgy. And so I wanted to change my signature, and my mindset was someday, I'd like to be good enough to be able to play in the NFL and have some ball company come to me and say, Joe, we would like to put your signature on a football. And I wanted something that I could be proud of and I was happy with. I think mindset is extremely personal. We, it, you see it a lot in golf. You see it a lot in individual sports. But I really think it, it gets overlooked a little bit in team sports because the team is the ultimate that we all shoot for. But inside that team, there has to be that mindset that you're going to do everything you can to be the best you can be. And in doing so, you're going to be able to aid your football team at the quarterback position, at the running back position, at the tackle position. So the, the mindset is, it, it's the beginning. It's the foundation. It's where everything starts. It has to start with a mindset. Yeah, so that's awesome. Joe, you've got such an interesting, you know, and, and diverse experience set. So from being a, a college football quarterback at the University of Notre Dame to playing in the CFL to then going on to an incredible career in the NFL. And then after that, right, from a business perspective, from um, an analyst perspective, you know, with all of those different experiences that you've had, what are some of those mindsets or attitudes or approaches that you found critical for your success in all of those different areas? I think one of the most important things, Amber, is you want to be able to have fun. Make it an enjoyable experience. Don't make it like you're going to the dentist in anticipation of a root canal. Make it, make it something that you can <laughs> embrace. Make it something that you can enjoy. Uh, I, you, I play games with myself, even when I practice like golf now. It's, it, it isn't just hitting balls. There's a mindset that I need to improve what I did. I have a little saying that I share with a lot of people. You need to know more today than you knew yesterday, and you need to know more tomorrow than you knew today. It's the same way with your mindset. You need to be able to improve your mind in the direction you want to go in today, and tomorrow it has to be better. Incrementally, if we see progress, it helps us mentally tremendously. If we're stuck somewhere, sometimes it's very hard to shake yourself out, but then, then you have to change the routine a little bit. Um, I've always one that believed is, is there's times in life where you have to take a chance. You can't be afraid. The only mistake that's ever made is, is, to me is one where you don't take a chance to correct a mistake. I've done it in broadcasting where you pronounce somebody's name wrong and you just go on like it never happened. But also in life, is you just, if, if something happens, make it an educational experience, not a failure. To me, there's no such thing as a failure. Again, that's a mindset. Absolutely. I, I don't accept failure. And people, and people come up to me all the time. They go, oh, you know, Joe, you're such an up guy. You're always up. You're always up. I'm not always up. 
I'm like everybody else that's listening out there. I'm like everybody else in this world. I have down days. I just don't stay in the valley a long time. I'm not going to sit down in that valley and woe was me. I did that after my leg was broken. Why did this happen to me? 1984, I signed a million, uh, I signed a, a five-year contract for over a million dollars a year, which is pales by comparison today. But back then, I was the fourth highest paid player in the National Football League in 1984. And all of a sudden, it was gone, gone in an instant. And, and so the challenges of life force you to amend mindsets a little bit. But if you have a really strong mindset of where you want to go and the things you want to do, you can carry it over from business to life to athletics to relationships. It, it, it covers the gamut if you take the right kind of mindset. That is really, really, really powerful, right? Because we talk all the time about how from, you know, our thoughts are not just these ephemeral things that float around in the air, but rather our thoughts affect our emotions, which affect our physiological responses, which ultimately that or how our bodies are activated really determines how we show up in the moment and, and able to deliver. And so how you think about the highs and the lows really determines if you come out of that valley or if you stay stuck in that rut. You know, I have a very different and not as one, not as dramatic. And two, I didn't play as long as you did in terms of that identity crisis that happens when you lose your sport due to injury. If you're willing, I mean, can you take us back to that moment where you went down and, and your leg was broke and the, the thoughts and the feelings in that moment, but also sort of the days there following when it sort of dawned on you like, wow, this is over what what were where sure. were you at mentally and emotionally then I, I thought i was in a great place mentally um i thought and that and that's that's very important to understand i thought it was all about me everything that i had accomplished the mvp the world championship the economics that went with it uh the man of the year the starting quarterback the man in dc all of these things were great accolades, except that my mindset was one, it was all about me. And I had become very self-absorbed. I had sort of let my ego, more than sort of, I let my ego take control of my life. And so I was on this pedestal. Whether you put me there or I put me there, it didn't matter. I was there. I felt like I was at the top of my game. In 1983, I was an MVP of the National Football League. We just completed a second run at a Super Bowl. In 1984, I got the big brand new contract. And then in 1985, for some reason, I wasn't in the same mental position. I, I struggled. I struggled with my execution. I struggled with my practice habits. I really struggled mentally. My mindset, my barometer had become upset. And all those things that got me to where I had accomplished things in the world of sports were now in somewhat of a disarray. And I, I believe in divine intervention. I believe that, you know, we're here on this earth to serve a purpose. And because people come up all the time and say, oh, Joe, you know, with the night you broke your leg, I'm so sorry, such a tragedy. It really wasn't. It was a blessing. Right. <laughs> because I, I, I was on the road to major disaster. And all of a sudden... If you have something that you hold near and dear to you and it is stripped away, it strips you naked and you stand in front of the Lord, you stand in front of yourself and you look in a mirror 
and you say, who do I really want to be? What did I become? Why did I become that person? And what can I do to be a better person? What it does is it, it takes introspection. And, and, you know, people are so unwilling to look at themselves. And that to me is a mindset. Have the willingness and the strength to be able to look at yourself and say, these are the things that I don't do well. This is the th these are the things that I am doing now that are not allowing me to move forward in my life. You, you see, and you deal with the young kids all the day, the young men at, their at the University of Notre Dame. You see somebody have a bad game. They have a tough time getting out of it. Yeah. They really have a tough time bouncing back. To me, it's not a failure. It's not a tragedy. Matter of fact, it, it's, it's an opportunity to be able to improve on something that you need to work on anyway. This was just a, this was a physical alert. Says, oh, by the way, these are the things that you need to work on. And it all depends on what, what's your mindset going to be. Is it going to be one of complacency? Is it going to be one where you're going to allow other people to dictate to you what you believe you can do? Or are you going to take control of your life and say, this is the direction I want to go in? You know, one of the things we were talking about, uh, you and I, as we've had chances to visit, and, and, and I think about so many people trying to tell you what they think you ought to do. Mm -hmm. instead of you just making your mind up and saying, this is what I want to do. I went to the University of Notre Dame. I weighed 152 pounds. I was one of 13 quarterbacks. My mindset at that time was not, oh, my gosh, look at all these great athletes, six foot two, 210 pounds. These guys can throw. My mindset was such that I wrote down on a piece of paper my freshman year, and I put it in my drawer in my room, and the, the little quote said, I will be the greatest quarterback to play at the University of Notre Dame. Anybody saw that, they'd say, you are totally nuts. You are, you are a crazy person to even think this. But it never mattered what <laughs> someone else thought. It was my mindset that I was going to be the best. The bigger the moments in my life, always the more comfortable I felt. And I've always performed at a much higher level at the bigger moments. Like when we played Tampa Bay, I think back in 1983, they were, they were like 0 and 12. And we were like, you know, 10 and 2. One of the scariest moments I've ever been in football in my life. I'm thinking, if we lose to these guys, holy mackerel. Okay. Everything we work for is gone. Yeah, I, I love that. Let's, so, so two things in that I, I sort of want to parse out. Before we move on from um, sort of talking about your own career and mindset through the development of that, I want to ask you, right, because I, I think it's fascinating. The, I, I read an article that, that talked about how you never held anything against Lawrence Taylor from that tackle and, no. and that you've just, I mean, there was no angst or anger or, I mean, I'm sure there, there's a, a little bit of just frustration, but talk to me about the, the importance of that mindset of forgiveness and, and what that means in terms of how we are able as people to show up as the best version of ourselves. And again, why that mindset around forgiveness is a, is a powerful driver for that. Well, you know, first of all, regarding that night, you know, I don't, I, I've never held anything against Lawrence. I mean, I think he's the greatest outside linebacker the game's ever seen. So if I was going to get taken out, I guess, you know, you look at it and say, well, I got taken out by the best in the business. Secondly, <laughs> when true. we play golf together, I never let him stand on my left side. Um, <laughs> I always want to be able to see him. 
<laughs> so, you know, he's got to be someplace. Fool me once, fool me it. twice. <laughs> yeah, I'll, you know, listen, you know, I lost sight of him once and you saw what happened. I'm not letting it happen again. But <laughs> it, it's, it's like harboring negative thoughts to, to hold something against someone. I mean, you got to remember, what happened to me was a part of the game, but also it cost me millions of dollars, millions and millions of dollars. I just signed the brand new contract. I just signed, you know, I was going to be the fourth highest paid player. I was the fourth highest paid player. Now I was going to move up the ladder. And at that time, it was a lot of money uh, in the position. I think if you can find in yourself forgiveness, you can move past and grow. If you're stuck holding a grudge, if you harbor ill thoughts, you're stuck in a rut and you're not going to get out of it. So often today, people come up to me and say, what do you think about the salaries these kids are getting today? Russell Wilson, 35 million. Matt Ryan, 30 million. Aaron Rodgers, 33. I said, God bless him. Yeah, but you're one of the guys. You're one of the founders of this game. You're one of the, the people that made this game so special. And I, first of all, I say thank you. But secondly, I don't want to begrudge anybody the opportunity of free enterprise. It's a, it's, a, it's a business of supply and demand. We don't have enough quarterbacks in this league. That's mm -hmm. why you see guys playing into 38, 39, 40 years old. Uh, that's, to me, forgiveness is so important when it comes to personal growth. If, if you're going to continue to harbor thoughts, you're never going to be able to move forward. You're gonna, it's, like, it's like spinning your tires in mud. You're going to be stuck there and stuck there and stuck there until you make your mind up, okay, it's done with. I'm going to grow from the experience. I want to learn something from that. I want to be able to share that with other people because if you verbalize things, it sort of helps you weed through some of the stuff you may not be able to do yourself. And that's, that's why your presence is so important with so many young people. You know, the trust that you build, the opportunity for them to come to you and say, these are the things that I'm concerned with. Just yeah. being able to express it. It's like I make lists up. For example, I'm a list maker. Yeah. My mindset is if I get it out of my head and down where I can bring it out into the physical universe, then I can execute it. If it stays in my head, it may fall into a file where I may not get to for quite a while. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, I mean, shoot, you're a sports psychologist and whatever. But like, because here's the thing, right? From a brain science <laughs> No, I need one. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's why you have me, Joe. That's why um, I have you. <laughs> no, from a mental performance standpoint, you know, the brain, the brain likes order and it likes logic. And so when we keep things in our head and we worry about them, I mean, it sort of bounces around or it gets lost or it gets cluttered. And so that's why, like you said, writing things down or, or talking with somebody, it just helps bring the brain um, uh, an ease about, okay, this is how I need to think about this. This is how I can create order from this. And then therefore, this is how I can execute on it. Right. And, and that's mm -hmm. why why it's so powerful in exactly what you're saying in terms of processing some of this stuff. So the other that, thing it does is it, 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 it seeps into other thoughts that you might have. If that, yeah, thought is, if that thought is out of your head, then you have a clean slate. Like looking at a clean chalkboard. You don't see coaches put up play after play after play without erasing the plays. Whether, it, whether it's you watch in the NBA, watch the playoffs now. Look at the coaches. They get together. They have the little board out. They draw the X's out, watching the NCAA. Everybody, and then they wipe it clean. And that's what you really have to do, I think. That's what I do when I write things down. I take, okay, 
I organize the thoughts. These are things I need to accomplish. Now, do I get them all done? Not necessarily. But then we move on to the next one, which, which you know, brings us to focusing on different things. You know, but if, you've got a, if you have a cluttered mind, which really goes to a mindset, if it isn't set and focused on where it needs to go, you're going to have probably conflicting thoughts that won't allow you to totally accomplish what you want to. Yeah, absolutely. That's powerful. I love that analogy too of that the chalkboard. You know, you can't just keep adding to it without erasing, or everything just gets jumbled and confusing. So that, that's that's right. a really great visual. Thanks for sharing that. You've been around football practice, right? So let's transition a little bit in terms of you know being at practice at Notre Dame, for example. And what are some of the benefits that you've seen, or that you think of myself, obviously in this role, but but more so and more broadly, the field of applied sports psychology and mental performance coaches in football, but really in any sport. What value, from your perspective, do you feel like this role can bring to a team, to an individual, to a team, and to an organization? I think I think it can bring a degree of confidence to individuals. Um, you can identify through body language, through communication, um, through observation, issues that guys might be having. Maybe not specific issues. It could be something in the family. It could be something in the football family. It could be in the grades. It could be comprehension of game plans. You can bring a clarity to what an individual might be going through, or you, on the other side of that, not just say noticing negatives, but you can take and reinforce the positives. I think reinforcement is a tremendous mindset. As a coach, as a mentor, as an observer, as what you do as a psychologist, a sports psychologist has a chance to reinforce the positive. Let's deal with the negative. We know it's there. But let's reinforce the positive and build on that, and let's continue to work on the the negative aspect. So you're working on something, but you're building on something bigger and something better. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, and that's, I'm not a licensed psychologist, right? Because that is really where my heart lies is, you know, instead of let's fix what's broke model, like let's build it really strong and yeah. really good. Well, you know, and, not as a psychologist, but it's sort of, it's the world, it's the world of the mind. Right. You know, yes. You, you work in the world of the mind. I mean, we can, you can label it whatever you'd like. I mean, what you do, I think, is beneficial. I think the hardest thing that you run into, my personal feeling is, because I mentor young men in our game, and I mentor different individuals that I've known. I'm more than happy to try. The hardest thing is gaining a trust. Yeah. Because young people in particular aren't prone to trust a lot of adults. They're not prone, prone to trust a lot of people. Um, and that's why the, the word trust is so important when it comes to relationships all the way around. Um, if if someone can trust you and they 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 feel like they can share their more intimate issues or problems or secrets or concerns, and you're not trying to fix it, you're just trying to allow them to look at it from a different perspective, so that they can fix it. Fix it. I've always believed that if I can get you to look at your problem and you discover the solution, you will be committed to it. If I suggest the solution to you, you will not be as sold on trying to commit yourself to fixing the problem. Yeah, I love that. A absolutely, right? And that's the power of having a good coach or a good mentor in your life is they can really challenge Coaches you to get- Coaches are so important. 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh, mentors, coaches are so important. Um, it's a it's a tough world, and it's a lonely world. And to have those relationships where people, you know, they'll trust you. Actually, you know, it, it's it's as warning for the one that is being trusted, and as is for the one that is trusting. Because mm-hmm. you're because see, you have moved into a position where you can impact a life. When I go out and do all these motivational speeches, I do. I do it with one sole purpose, and that is to give people an opportunity to look at what I have done, some of the things that I have learned from other people, and say, I'm not telling you how to be successful. Heaven knows I would never even assume to do that. But I want you to listen to the things I'm saying. Look at your life, and maybe you're, down, maybe you're headed down a path that I was down that is not beneficial to anybody. Maybe it'll stop you and give you a chance to change direction and look at life a little bit different. Yeah, that's powerful, right? And that's the power of story, being able to share your story and letting people find themselves in that and really right. draw that, you know, have that self-reflection that you referenced earlier to figure out and challenge themselves. Where can I take steps, right? And if he was there and now he's there, maybe I can too, you know, and that that's right. why it's so, so powerful. Joe, this has been awesome so far. Before I let you get to giving us some mindset training, so things that our listeners can be doing to build their own mindset, their own championship mindset, and that mindset for execution. I'm just curious as, you know, as, as you reflect back on your life and you see where you're at now, what are some of the mindsets that you currently have um, that you believe are helping keep you on the top of your game? I mean, every time I see you, you're alive, you're vibrant, um, you've got, a, got great relationships around you. What are some of the ways that you think about who you are and your world and, and the, the world and your life right now that you believe allow you to show up consistently as the best version of yourself? Well, number one, don't take yourself too serious. I think, I think it's really important. Uh, life's meant to be loved and enjoyed. And, and, and So don't take yourself so serious that you think it's the end all to be all, that you are the end all to be all. I think that's one of the most important things. The other thing is, is, is be goal-oriented. What do you want to accomplish? Focus on the things that you want to try and accomplish in your life going forward. I, I think you have, and then you have to commit to them. You know, it's, it's one thing to talk about a mindset. It's another thing to commit to a mindset. And, and, mm. But, you know, to me, it's, it's just everyday learning. You know, every, the day you stop learning is the day you stop living. It's one of my favorite quotes that I, I sort of came up with. I didn't read it anywhere. I just thought one day, when you stop learning, you're, you're stuck. There's, you can't go forward. Yeah. And so when you stop learning, you stop living. And, and so to me, it's, it's an educational process. Every day is an educational process, whether it's, it's in my marriage with Robin, whether it's when my relationship with my children, whether it's my relationship with my friends, whether it's in the competitive aspects of life that I get involved in, whether it's meeting new friends, whether it's learning. We can learn from everybody. I learned from my, my five-year-old granddaughter. I learned from my 21-year-old grandson. I learned from my wife. I learned from you know, family members. Uh, I learned from friends. Open your mind. Open. Mindset has to do with opening your mind to the possibility that you don't know it all. <laughs> Love that. 
Yeah, you know, it's so fascinating. So I did my dissertation um, when I was doing my PhD on the transition out of the NFL and interviewed former players and, and through their experiences, just sort of found the, the trends from the mental and emotional standpoint that they experienced. And then, you know, put together this three-piece model on, on what it was like mentally and emotionally, but then also how they went about reconstructing and rebuilding their lives after football. And I asked the guys to submit like images or pictures that they believe represented their transition experience. And one of the guys submitted an image of, um, you know, like in the matrix where Neo is hooked up to all those wires. And he said, I read a book from cover to cover for the first time after I retired from the NFL. And, and he said, I'd never read a book before that from cover to cover. And once football was gone, and like you said, that ego was stripped away and all of the things that I could distract myself with, as I started reading and consuming new knowledge, I literally felt like Neo hooked up to these wires. And like my life was just getting reinvigorated, right? And, and my brain was stimulated and different parts of my emotions were touched that I had been so out of touch with, you know? And so to that point of just the importance of, of learning and growing and leaning in that as human beings, we really are wired for growth. We're wired for learning and, and different neurons start to fire and activate. And so just to continue to challenge ourselves to grow and to put us in opportunities to find new depths of ourselves, I just think it's so important and, and so powerful. So thank you for sharing Oh, I that. agree. I agree 100%. Uh, I, I played for Joe Gibbs in the National Football League for seven years, six, seven years. I think it was seven years. Um, Coach Gibbs, when I had him, he was all about football, 100% all about football. Slept at Redskin Park Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Didn't go home until Thursday. Um, was totally consumed by the game. And then he got involved in racing in NASCAR, which he has one of the, the, the greatest teams in NASCAR today, um, Gibbs Racing. Yeah. And yeah. I talked to the guys. I talked to the guys after Joe got involved a little bit more in racing, and that he was a different person. I think having what diversity. I, well, the diversity in his he was he wasn't focused on that one thing that he thought defined, which we do. We find one thing that we think defines our life. You know, in life, we seek validation at every level. We want to be, we want our presence validated, whether it's the clothes we wear, whether it's the haircut, whether it's the look, whether it's, you know, whatever it might be. We want, we want to be validated. We want to, we want to be able to have that happen in our lives. Football, I think, was his. And then all of a sudden, he found something else. There was growth in another area. He'd always been around cars. He'd always loved them. Now he had the chance to be involved in something else. And they said it made him a better coach. I think the more diversified we can come, become from an educational standpoint, I love, I hated to read as a kid growing up, but the more diversified we can become, the different types of things, whether it's music, whether it's art, whether it's automotive, whether it's, you know, sports, it doesn't matter whether it's weather. If, if you can learn something, it just makes you a, a, a more understanding individual. And I think it makes us more tolerant of other people in our lives too. It gives us a chance to be willing to accept someone else for who they are, not try and pigeonhole them into what we think they should be or who they think they should be or in our minds, in, you know, the, the way we think. And, yeah. um, and our world so could use some of that right now, isn't it? You oh, know, again, I, and just I live in, being... You know, I live in Washington, D.C., trust me. 
our world could use an awful lot of listening and trying to work something out. Absolutely. And understanding, you know, that we're all human. At the end of the day, we've all got a heartbeat. We've all got blood running through our veins. And that sense of empathy and understanding and, and ability to see people as they are is so, is so, so powerful. So as we start it's to not wrap just, up, you know, Amber, it's, it's not just, it's not just seeing them, but it's accepting them. And yeah, amen to that. Accepting well a, you know, accepting a, 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 an opinion that is not yours. Are you yeah. willing to be able to sit down with someone and have a conversation and have like, cause I took argumentation Two of the best courses I took at the university of Notre Dame were speech and argumentation. They've served me very well, but can, can you, Sit down and listen to someone have a completely opposite viewpoint of yours and walk away and say, I don't care. Or will you walk away and say, that's a different perspective. I'm going to think about that. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So as we transition and start to wrap up here, Joe, championship mindset training, what is something that you want to leave our listeners with on ways that they can build their own mindset for success? I think number one, Figure out what you want. Um, take the time to sit down, look at your life, take out a pencil and paper, and in four areas, figure out what you want. Personal, professional, spiritual, and financial. What are you looking for in life? That's number one. Decide where you want to go. Look at the relationships in your life. I don't like to do, I, I do business with people I like being around. I, won't, I don't care. Somebody presented an economic situation to me that was worth a lot of money. That's not as important to me as the people I would be working with. So look at the circle of people. We see this with young guys today, young men and young women. You know, a lot of kids come from tough places. And they've yeah. had a, a, a group of friends that maybe haven't necessarily gone down the road that would be beneficial for them. And it's hard to sort of step away from that and, and move on to a, your own life, another element of your life. And, and you know, the mindset is, is really is to write down the goals, to bring it out into the physical universe and, and take the approach that this is something you're going to do, but there may be, let's call them audibles along the way. Be yeah. willing to adjust, be willing to be nimble on your feet, be able to think of different options and opportunities and challenge yourself mentally. And, and I think, you know, think of what motivates people. I mean, this is always a great question. Pride motivates us. I mean, when we used to run out into that stadium, University of Notre Dame, you see the fans. I mean, that you wore that uniform. When we put our uniform on, when we played football, when I did it as a Washington Redskin, a Toronto Argonaut, a, a Notre Dame football player, there was a great amount of pride in that uniform because there have been a lot of people that had gone before us that have worn it. And that's the way I feel about the men and women that put on uniforms that defend our country. Amen. That flag represents something very special and those uniforms and the police officers and the firemen and all the first responders that go out and really take care of us that people just assume they're there. I, I say this to everybody, take the time when you travel and I travel a ton. If you do travel and you see a, a police officer or you see somebody in a uniform, a military person, just say thank you. Absolutely. Let them know that what they're doing, people care about. I think that's one of the things that's, that's so important in life is to, and it goes to the validation is let people know they have a value. You don't yeah. even have to know them. Just let them know that they have a value in this world. 
Absolutely. Joe, that's powerful. So, so mindset training, again, just a recap for everybody listening, figure out what you want, right? Write your goals in the four areas yeah. that Joe mentioned of personal, professional, spiritual, and financial. And then look at the circle of people that you have around you and check them. Do they align with who you're trying to become and what you're trying to accomplish? And are you going to enjoy the process with those people in it? So take take note on that. Do a little self-reflection. And then really so much in this podcast. I took so many notes. Joe, thank you so much for being with us today and just sharing the breadth and depth of the wisdom um, that you have to bring us in terms of what it takes, again, to show up as the best version of yourself despite the obstacles that come our way. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure visiting with you. And it's going to be great to be out at the university this weekend for Notre Dame Day. I know. Can't wait to can't wait to have you here. Looking forward to another great summer and, and another great fall of Notre Dame football and getting to know you better and continue to to share ideas and exchange it on the sideline. It's always a highlight of my day when you're in town. Thanks, Amber. All right. Thanks, Joe. Well, that was spectacular. Um, I took a ton of notes last week when we were talking to Mike Wilcox, and I've taken a ton of notes today talking to Joe Theismann. Man, I knew this guy was special and that I love being around him and learning from him. And yet I really didn't know the depths of his heart and his passion and his sense of purpose and calling in this world and just the ruggedness that he's had throughout the course of his life and determination, that commitment that he talked about to show up and just bring it every day, even if stuff is hard, right? That bit that he talked about around forgiveness and and the importance of that because mentally it just anchors you to things that maybe you can't control, um, but are going to hold you down and put you in a rut. Powerful, powerful, powerful. I, I certainly hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, send us a message. How is this impacting you? Please send me an email directly, amber at selkingperformance.com and let me know, or even better, put it out on social media. We're on, on Twitter at Champ Mindsets. We're on Instagram at Selking Performance and on Facebook at Selking Performance Group. And we would love to just hear your thoughts and reflections. And um, and of course, just rating and reviewing us on iTunes is also really helpful. Um, one, it, when, when people are searching podcasts and they read the reviews, it's like, oh, yeah, I I could find some value in this based on what this person is sharing about it. And then it's also helpful uh, from a sponsorship standpoint. So if you're a potential sponsor out there that you think our audience and our listeners who are people that are wanting to learn and to grow personally and professionally, whether that's in the business standpoint, the the sports standpoint, or just in life in general, and you feel like your business or organization would find value of being promoted on our podcast and you want to help us out from a financial standpoint so that we can continue to bring great content to our listeners, we would certainly appreciate that. But those, those people that want to put their money forth, they want to make sure that it's having an impact. So that's why those rates and reviews are so helpful for us and and I and why I'd really appreciate it if, if you could help us in that way. But thank you so much for being with us. Man, I'm just so grateful for the people um, just literally around the world who have committed to tuning in and listening to this and challenging your hearts and your mind. I just want to say thank you for being a part of it um, and, and for 
caring enough about yourself and the people in your worlds to invest the time that it takes to listen to these things and to reflect on them and just challenge you to continue figuring out how to integrate that into your own world and into your own life. Before I let you go here, just another quick plug on the virtual performance coaching program um, that we are launching here at Selking Performance Group, that five-month journey that we're looking to go on with you, come alongside you in that coaching setting. If you're interested, again, shoot me an email directly, amber at selkingperformance.com. So thank you so much for being with us again. You've been listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast, and this has been your host, Dr. Amber Selking. And from the locker room to the boardroom, I just want to challenge you to continue building your championship mindset.